0: Hey dragons, welcome to episode 70 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. This episode is with good friend Robbie Farlow. This is just a nerdy catch-up session. We talk about everything that's going on in each other's lives. Really a lot of fun, so I'm going to keep the intro short. However, I do want to add, if you do enjoy the podcast, please go to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. Very much appreciate it. And also, if you could bring a friend to the podcast, just say... You know, don't just say, hey, there's this cool podcast I think you'd like, because what if that person doesn't know what a podcast is? So show them the links, show them how to get started with podcasts. If they've got an iPhone or iTunes, should be super easy. But yeah. Anyways, enjoy the conversation. Work out, nerd out. In the basement, rolling dice. Rolling dice. I'm a wizard. a wizard. When we play, we do it right. candle flicker.
1: Welcome back, dragons, to another episode of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Today we are bringing back one of our favorite guests and good friend, Robbie Farlow. Robbie, how's it going, man?
2: Oh, it's going well, man. Going well, going well. It's, uh, it's been like a year, almost.
1: It has actually been almost a year since you were last on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been on yours. You've been on mine. We've been talking on social media a lot, but it's just we never made time to get yeah. back on each other's yeah. podcasts.
2: Well, you know, I think I'm just still angry about fantasy football. Uh, you, you are know, not I, good. I, you know what? Here's the thing. I had a team that, uh, you know, it's those games were like, you have players that do really well for like two weeks and then they just suck it up for like two other weeks. Or like one guy has one player that does something. It was, our, our league was actually really competitive except for like the one guy on the bottom. Um, <laughs> so like record wise, we were all really good, but it was like everyone besides one guy who just like was number one. Clearly uh, everyone was vying for position. So it was like uh, it, it was, it was competitive
1: it, it came down to the wire. Like, I'm pretty sure the last two playoff spots were were up for grabs in the last week. So yeah. it was definitely a competitive league. And I do have to say, I did come out as champion. So <laughs> I'm quite excited about that.
2: I was, I was going to let you have that moment of glory there.
1: Well, I also say, like, as the commissioner, I don't like being champion in the first year. Because then everyone's like, oh, screw this guy. He's rigged the – somehow the commissioner has rigged the system so that he wins.
2: But here's the thing about that. If if people are going to get mad about that, I go, one, look at your draft picks. And two, look at how your team performed. Like you were the last guy in the playoffs. Yeah. You were the last guy in and you won it. The guy who was number one should have – he clearly decimated everyone uh, (laughs) up until like the final weeks when all his players didn't need to play because their teams were in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and it was I. I was fortunate enough to have the right guys go off late in the season. Yeah, I think yeah, I ended. A- I, I think I ended the season on like a six-game winning streak, going yeah. from like six or seventh to fourth. It was yeah. awesome. I yeah,
2: was, it was a good time.
0: I was very happy.
1: <laughs> um, anyways, man. So, what's new with you? Last time we spoke, you were in. Hotlanta. Now you're in New York. Uh,
2: yeah, so I got a summer internship uh, at Mark Fisher Fitness. Uh, if anyone here has never heard of Mark Fisher Fitness, uh, that's okay. That's cool. Uh, they're a boutique gym in New York City. Uh, they were ranked by like Inc. Uh, as one of the top 500 uh, fastest growing companies in America. Um, they've uh, you know just opened their second location um, and. They're they're just they're magical. I mean, they they like at, at one point, they were the most profitable gym per square foot in the world. And that's like realty in New York City is not cheap. So like, yeah, obviously they're doing something right. Um, but it's it's it was an opportunity I could not say no to. Uh, at at a random fitness conference, I met Mark once and I was like, I would only ever move back to New York city to work for you. And two years later, here I am in their trainer and residence program, uh, and learning a lot, learning a ton, uh, just getting to be my unapologetic nerdy self. Uh, and they love it, you know, uh, creating themed playlists for, uh, classes that I teach, um, making nerd references, wearing my Chewbacca onesie. They have a Chewbacca onesie downstairs as a costume. Um, so I can wear that. Um, but that's, that's like it in that, that realm, um, online, you know, man, still, still coaching, um, still doing, uh, some things, have a new program called make your thirties better than your twenties. It's a 30 day challenge for men. Um, and I've started to get some women in on that challenge as well. Nice. Um, now, um, but man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I love. I, you know, I'm still hustling my face off. Um, you know, still riding my face off. Not podcasting as much because I've just been so busy in New York uh, that I haven't had the chance. And I kind of went to Facebook Live. Like I really li- – like I can get that interaction with people. Yeah. Um. So like podcast ideas that I had, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go do Facebook Live.
1: Dude, there you go, man. Have you been yeah. Facebook Living at set times or is it just like whenever you feel?
2: So trying to do like a set time, playing around with it. I mean like – some of it is people are like, unless you're the rock or like people really, really buy into you. Like it's still very hard because people are they're They're, they're in their feed, man. They're just in that feed. They're in that feed. Um, so I try and set it up at like, uh, you know, like four o'clock or like 6 PM or like 8 PM times when like people might be on Facebook, um, and not like at work. Um, But, uh,
1: dude, that's when I get my best Facebooking in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. it's when you're, when you're at work, but yeah, just, just kind of playing with it, man. And enjoying that. But you know, I get questions from people. Sometimes I get, I get, you know, uh, 10 to 12 people sort of watching at one time. Other people can watch it later, which is like the great thing about that is that you can do it live, but then you post it on your wall and people can see it later. Um, so it would be awesome if we could do like Facebook interviews.
1: It's coming, dude.
2: Yeah, I'll mention that to a friend of mine here at the gym. Wink, wink. They <laughs> might be pretty big at Facebook. I'm just saying. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I can, I can, I can, I can, I can pitch that idea and see what happens. So, Uh-oh. well, yeah, because right now you have Google Hangouts Live. Yeah, but the thing about Google Hangouts is that like Google tends to have these really good. Okay, I like to think at. Google and Ubisoft are like the same company to me in many ways. They're like, we have this really great idea. we're gonna put it out, but then we're never gonna support it. We're gonna go yeah. do this other thing and then just we're gonna have we're gonna leave it there and let it flounder like they didn't go a hundred percent full with that like YouTube has YouTube live now, um so you can do all that which makes them a part of Google, but like they they could have been the new Skype with Hangouts, but Google Plus just—they didn't. I don't know. I—I—I'm I, not sure what they did with that. Well, it's almost like Google Plus. They was never
1: a great social media tool. Google, uh, God, what was it? Oh, Google Wave. Do you remember Google Wave? No. It was essentially supposed to be email 2.0. And the problem was, is like, so as you're typing your email, the other person is getting it in real time. So it was yeah, like cool. some sort of weird bastardized stepbrother of instant messenger.
2: Yeah, that's not. No, 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 no. If I, I want to type an email and be like, you're a fucking piece of shit and I really hate you and all these stupid questions that you send me sometimes and you know what but you're still my dad <laughs> and then just, like delete all of that and then like actually like write the email like I don't want my dad to know I'm writing it like let me get let me let me get my anger out first and then be like no I can't send that to my dad like come on no yeah. no
1: there are so many times where I probably would have gotten fired if I sent the email I wanted to send
2: yeah do you know have many times like I've seen, like I've typed text to my wife and I'm like no that's actually not a good thing to say I'm gonna delete all of that yes you know or like friends like you type an entire message anyone listening you know you pull your phone out and you type a whole message and then you go I don't wanna send that I don't know why I just wasted my time typing that but like <laughs> if they could see everything you were typing like it will yeah, not end no. well no no it would not it would not end well not end well at all <laughs> <laughs> reflection to edit you know to
1: <laughs> reflection is key to successful relationships
2: well, but so this is my this is my thing as as a writer is that like the first draft sucks in anything you do the first time you do anything, oh yeah, it's going to suck, and then you just get better at it and you revise it but like. To do that with our communication that – no, like let me type out an instant messenger. Let me read it back and see if it makes sense because reading what you actually write can help you realize, oh, that doesn't make any sense because it sounds stupid when I say it out loud um, is an important thing to do. And if you're not doing that, then like you you lose the ability to think your way through your thoughts. Because then you're just putting thoughts down without thinking about them. So there's no, there's no connection. It just becomes, you know, essentially just shooting a paintball out of your mouth and it, wherever it lands and explodes, it explodes.
1: Yeah. What I will say on that note, though, is I have a buddy who's a college professor. And since texting has exploded, Snapchat and all this other stuff, students have had such a hard time. Yes, with writing, but more so having in-person communication because you can't take – in a conversation like this, you can't take that 15 minutes, think what you're going to say, type it out, read it, delete it, type it out, read it, delete it, and then finally write something and send it.
2: So – that's I I think that's true in communication. I think that's why some people just don't communicate is because they're afraid – they're going to to mess up and the thing is is that like you kind of have to do that for a long time before you start to realize like okay this is how my thoughts go I'm talking through my thoughts I'm thinking through my thoughts I'm right like but you need to be in those situations like the only way to get quick on your feet is to practice being quick on your feet
1: oh yeah is to put yourself in a situation where you need to have that quick thinking ability
2: right and I don't I don't think in and I'm saying and this comes from my time in education. I don't my wife is a professor, but like that's a little different. But even in talking with those students, like questioning themselves, like there's not a lot. They just do the work. They get a grade. They go on and do the next thing. No one asks them to go deep and think about it. And I think that is something that is missing from uh, from our culture right now is that that. Moment to think about what you're doing, to think about your thoughts, to take a minute before you, you speak, says the guy who used to just say things off the top of his head, <laughs> um, you know, and, and understanding how to create an argument and how to, you know, speak that argument and not just sound like an idiot. Um, I don't know. I, I think this and I honestly believe this. I believe that every single person. No matter your profession, no matter your career, no matter where you want to go, one of the best things you can do. And this is something at at Mark Fisher Fitness that has really, uh, really reminded me how important theater is and not just in like I'm going to be an actor and on Broadway, uh, you know, and working with a clientele that I work with uh, at, at MFF or, you know, I'm going to be the next rock or like You learn human interaction. You learn how to speak, how to carry yourself, how to think through your thoughts, how to go. Why is this character doing this thing that he's doing? Oh, well, I remember this one time and you connect those feelings and then you start to examine yourself. But it also makes you have to be quick on your feet when shit goes wrong on stage. Um, But just going through those those. uh, uh, The in-depth sort of things that we do uh, as an actor I think it's important for everyone because speaking is so important. Like if you can't, you can write your words and get them across. But right now people are listening to us and Kenneth, what if we sounded like this and the entire time there was no inflection and in anything and people just wanted to, like I'm putting you to sleep right now <laughs> with that, with that tone. But like people wouldn't gravitate towards that. You need to understand that there's personality that goes behind your your words and that if you're going to be in a board meeting, if you're running a startup, like, dude, if you cannot speak in front of people, you can't – like, you're not going to run a company that's going to be the next fucking Facebook because an investor is going to come in and go, no, no. Like, they would rather invest in a personality who might get them 65% of a return – versus a guy who has no personality that might give them 90% of a return. Because that person is gonna be someone they can work with. They believe in that person. They have it, they can sell themselves in person. I think that is is a key that we don't have a lot today. And I don't do I think it's technology? Mm, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, I think we look at such a small time frame and that like, oh our phones are like this. We become the we become the bitter old man. We become the curmudgeon-y, like people in our thirties. Our right, teenagers of the day, get our off my lawn. Were their, yeah, their <laughs> heads were in their phone. Yeah, well, think about how many parents back in the day were like, "Er, rock and roll music." Er. Yeah,
1: you know, it's the more the more things change, the more they stay the same. Like we're all we're all struggling with with everything. I remember my mom hating the music I listened to, and now I hate the music that. uh, I hear on the radio these days, I'm just like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't like it. It's weird. It's not what I like.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's fine. Um,
1: but, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we can talk about technology. We can talk about the bottom line is just go out and have a conversation with
2: somebody. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're, Tim Ferriss has said it, and, and, and I agree. The, uh, uh, your success in life is predicated on the amount of uncomfortable conversations you 're willing to have, you know, and that applies to success in 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 everything in life like if you 're not willing to like go up and talk to to that person you're you 're attracted to at a bar or if you 're not willing to go up and you know ask your teacher that question about this thing like i mean you 're never going to get where you where you want to be, so fuck it stop being scared uh of of asking that question and just ask.
1: Dude. uh, Amen to that. There was, I was asked a question on the podcast a few weeks ago. um, And it it really rang true to me. And it's kind of like people are always worried how they're going to look or how something's going to be perceived. And it's that fear that usually keeps them from having that conversation or reaching for that goal. So you might be a special case, but what was your great grandmother's first name? Uh, my great
2: grandmother, uh, which one? Either. Uh, my great, oh, shit. Um, I can tell you what my great aunt's name was that I knew her by. Uh, her name was Aunt Fufu. Uh, I don't (laughs) know why, dude. I have no idea why. Um, but okay, think about this. No, no, hold on. Oh, no, no. Because my grandmother was actually, I was really close to my great grandma for a while. Um, Mary, which is like the most generic name ever, but yeah, it was Mary. Okay, look how long that took you. And you're well. She's been dead since I was eleven. That's yeah. twenty years. But, you know, but like- still.
1: But here's the thing, Robbie: two generations. It's two generations, and people have already kind of forgotten their ancestors. People that well, you- but- people that you are close to, people that you're related to, people that you have a stake in. So, guess what? Like, don't let fear stop anyone from doing anything. Because guess what? <laughs> I guarantee you, in the next day, the next week, the next generation, no one is going to care. No matter what we do today, it's probably not going to... I, and It's not going to be remembered two generations from now. So don't let the fear stop you. Do something great. Do something amazing. And then, yes, maybe it'll be remembered two generations from now.
2: That's a good point because you're not guaranteed that whatever you are remembered for is going to last. You know, uh, it's not – you may not be Steve Jobs. You may not be, uh, you know, uh, Thomas Edison, George Washington. Uh, You may not be those people because – it, you know, there's a whole lot more ability now for, like, people to, to leave a legacy in, in more ways than, than one. Um, and, but that's – and I I will defend myself on this. She was always grandma. Like, I had to think about the name because, like – I'm like, oh, shit. She had a name because I just called her grandma. Uh,
1: <laughs> no worries, man. Um, trust me. When when one of my podcast guests asked me that, I was like, "Oh shit!" There's a we just got a new guest on the podcast. My dog yeah. decided to join us.
2: Hey, hey buddy! Oh look at that face!
1: <laughs> Little puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I love how everyone goes into that almost like. uh Forest Gump type thing when a dog comes around, they're like, "Oh, look at him! Oh, he!" I uh, 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 like Forest. Like everyone does that with a dog, and it's hilarious. Oh,
1: it's 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 because obviously that's the language dogs speak in. Dogs dogs speak in a very deep Alabama
2: Southern accent. Yes, yes. <laughs> all that, dogs,
1: all of all them.
2: Even even French bulldogs. Though they have French in the name, they are speaking in, like, a Creole, like, <laughs> southern Louisiana
1: accent. Yes, absolutely. I, I believe there is science to back this up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I really wonder what my dog's voice would sound like. Like, based on his bark, like, would he be a little high-pitched, you know? Like, like or would he be more in the middle like just, I I feel like I, I don't I I can't even imagine what his voice would sound like, but I know it would be it would be a little higher, not super high like Butters, but like <laughs> that's what I imagine. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think
1: I don't know. I think my dog. I'm trying to think of a of a famous person of which she would sound like. I I got nothing. I got nothing. I want to say, I can't remember her name, but she was in Ghostbusters. Not Kate McKinnon. Leslie something. I can't remember. It's gone now. I, yeah. Female Bill Murray. That's what I'm going to say. My dog is a female Bill Murray. <laughs> I would be all right with a female Bill Murray for a dog. I'd be cool with that. I'd um, yes. be cool with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what, what nerdy stuff have you been up to, man? What have you been working out nerding out on?
2: Uh, uh, supposedly I'm looking a lot more jacked according to, uh, a couple of friends of mine. Uh, and, and my mentor was like, dude, you're, uh, you look, you look like you got another eight to 10 pounds, uh, than what you had last year this time, uh, for the photo shoot. And I was like, Oh, oh, thank you, sir. Uh, I mean, working out just fucking chest, dude, I've been building that upper, uh, my upper chest. Uh, right. Like where your pec meets your clavicle and just getting that, like that fucking Captain America shield, like pop off. Um, okay, that looks yeah. like you're, you're, you got a 3d chest. Um, finally hit four Oh five, uh, on my deadlift. Um, so, and I should have done it a long time ago. It was pretty smooth. Um, but that's nice. like workout nerding, nerding out, man. I just honestly, I've been nerding out, um, really on my internship. Uh, and just spending a lot of time there uh, and learning how to ask better questions, like open-ended, good open-ended questions to uh, to help ninjas there and to help myself become better so that I can help my clients online. Um, and uh, I really want to switch. I nerded out over E3 uh, last week. Um, so it, I feel like Nintendo, Nintendo to me, probably had the best showing um just for like the fun that they have i just I, I still feel like sony and microsoft have disappointed me in this entire cycle because it's like oh look we're giving you an HD like an HD version of Shadow of Colossus guys are you really just going to remake games for the next four years like yeah. This this life cycle of the PS3 and the 360, we had amazing new IPs come out that blew people away. Arcade games were coming out that were amazing. And I feel like nothing has come out in, in that front. So, um, uh, yeah, I, can't, I, I don't know. I, I've been so busy with my internship. I haven't uh, – I did see Wonder Woman. Enjoyed it. Um
1: Okay, so
2: let's talk about that for a second. You enjoyed
1: it. Are you You're... head over heels madly in love? Let's also first acknowledge that we are probably middle class cis white males discussing
2: yeah so the female
1: like, empowerment movie of the year
2: i so my wife and I got into a discussion on this and look she was very she was upset and felt that she should not like why why did she have to like fall in love with him why did it have to be that why did they have to like spend that night together and I was like honey you have to understand that like you, you have to humanize her and for many of the people that are coming to see this movie many of them could be comic book nerds who've never seen a naked woman like they want to fall in love they like they need to have that human connection of like oh she can fall in love and do all of this and like it's look love stories are a part of our human life if you had written her as if like she didn't want to fall in love with a man who could not find some connection with him i don't know how believable uh it would have been i really don't well, uh yeah. I, I think she would have come off as 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 colder and and that's not that's not who I think Diana was. If you look at the way they set her up as a character with her mom, like she seemed to be very open to things. Uh, and you know, and she defended him when he kind of came to shore. Like I, I that like, so like those things just bug me. Cause I was like, look, it's a movie. Like, yeah, maybe like I, and the comic book nerd side of me was also like, yeah. And I, this is going to sound horrible, but like, I don't know if she was m- meant in this capacity to be written as like a a a powerful feminist hero because she came out of the comics. Like they've come a long way from where they were in the past. But like we are still talking about, you know, uh, a movie that has to make comic fans happy and it has to feel like something that a general public could come in and be like, oh, I know Wonder Woman but they don't know all the references and things. Um, so you have to give that love story. You have to give that connection to like humanity and that like love is the ultimate thing to die for. And like, you know, that just,
1: uh, well, I, and uh, so if, if we, if you look at it, she's pretty much born on this Island. She's never seen a male before. She's never seen a human man before. So, then she experiences who this guy is and they have a deep emotional connection about life, you know, like who is and you know, good or bad, good and evil and what essentially the human race is all about. And so when you have those deep meaningful conversations with people you make
2: yourself vulnerable you and that allows you... and then right.
1: and then feelings just spring from that like I will say that it possibly went quicker than it normally would like if if people like you and I were experienced we've dated we're married um you know you don't start off being that unguarded but when you think about your first love or your first kiss back in like middle school, high school, whatever, when you just, when you would like meet that person and you would just like look into their eyes and you would talk, you would have all these bubbly, flowery feelings. Now, imagine those same feelings, that same unguardedness, post-sexual maturity, where you can actually do something about it. I think it was a natural progression for them
2: yeah yeah and and look i you know i for me as a comic book fan i enjoyed the movie and and it you know yes it felt like a superhero movie i think the fight with Ares was a little aries looked a little silly like he looked like he was a guy trying to be in like uh his own version of like guar but he wanted to like dress up in like a real metal like outfit and it just kind of looked silly like i would have liked it better if he had just been like i don't know more human okay and that final fight it just it looked it just looked silly
1: so um so to be honest to be completely straight with you I remember seeing the outfit, but I faded in and out because I fell asleep during the last 15 minutes of the
2: movie. I, you know, I can, I honestly can see how you do that in the last 15 because they, it it wasn't the movie's fault. I had been up since
1: 4am. It was leg day. Uh, It was a 830 showing. It's so, so the, the trailers started at 830, which is a half hour after I'm normally in bed. Yeah. So, so by the time the movie started, it was like nine o'clock. It's a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. By the last fifteen twenty minutes, I was like, "And I'm done." Yeah. There was no movie that was going to keep me awake. So it is. What I mean, doing,
2: but I like, dude, dude. I, I honestly, I liked it. Uh, I've heard the director's cut of. Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad is a lot better than what the actual uh, movies, you know, ended up being. I I don't know. I mean, Justice League still looks like it just looks silly. Like some like the the way that trailer shot some of the things. Like Aquaman's gonna jump up on the Batmobile. Like the trailer. And now, granted, these could be shots shot for the trailer, but those shots just made me go. I'm really worried about this movie now.
1: Yeah. Well, I see. Okay. I don't know if it makes me more worried or less worried that they're doing massive reshoots and this movie is supposed to come out in five months.
2: Yeah. But remember they did the same thing with Rogue One and people were worried about, about Rogue One and the reshoots. And I think the reshoots from what I understand, uh, came down to, uh, basically the team dying. Um, I think that's, that's what was, and, and they cut the, the, the running on the beach with the plans, um, and some stuff. Um, I, I don't know, dude, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I do enjoy Batfleck. Uh, I, I think he was a, uh, he was a good broody Bruce Wayne, uh, and a good broody Batman. Um, but you know, you're throwing in characters that are you going to have to do a whole story for Aquaman? Like, are you going to have to build in where they're coming from? And and I don't know. And you know, I, I I have I have no idea. Uh, I am ex- super excited for Spider Man because uh, it as long as it's not Iron Man four.
1: Yeah, there's yeah. Sometimes there's a little too much uh, Stark in the uh, trailers.
2: Yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing. That dude is that dude has negotiated his contracts to make so much money on the back end of all of this stuff that Robert Downey Jr. can just do whatever the fuck he wants for the rest of his life.
1: Yes, and you I know, hope he like, does.
2: yeah, and and I mean, like, movies that like he wants to do, not just like I have to do some blockbuster. Like I can, li- and and not that like he couldn't do that now, but like you know, well, he's set for years.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I was excited about. If you've ever, uh, Brad Bird, he directed Incredibles and nobody thought Incredibles was going to do that well. So instead of a, like, salary for the movie, he took a portion of the gross and he made like 30 times what he would have made if he had just taken, um... Yeah, salary just because that movie was so huge. So it doesn't surprise me that.
2: Yeah, I mean Lucas did it with merchandise on Star Wars. That's why he, you know, he made Buku's of money that people had never seen because he got a, he got a cut of the merchandise. Yeah. yeah.
1: Do you know that I recently found out that the most successful merchandising Disney animated movie is the Cars franchise?
2: It doesn't surprise me. Kids yeah. Love, kids love cars. Yeah,
1: cars are and a great toy.
2: Yeah, they're a great. Yeah, and you you've got 3 films now like or a third one coming out. I mean,
1: it came out I saw it yesterday.
2: Okay. <laughs> All right. I uh I'm I'm saving my movies. It's uh Spider-Man and then uh and then Thor. Uh I will not go see uh Michael Bay destroy more of my childhood. Um Transformers. And, ugh. Yeah, I won't. No. Um, I want to see the new pirates, but my, my only reservation on that is that like halfway through the third pirates, I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. Like, I like, I'm, I'm like, I'm done. Like you can end the movie right now and I wouldn't be bothered. Um, and it's not that it was a bad movie. I was just like, you're just going a little bit too far now.
1: Yeah. I, again, fell asleep in uh, pirates three, so I didn't even bother seeing four or five. (laughs) This is a running theme.
2: <laughs> oh, There you go. There um, you go.
1: I want to say I fell asleep at Pirates 3 because it was such a bad movie. That was not sleep-related. That was not sleep-deprivation-related.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah.
1: If you could mix any two universes, what would you mix?
2: Uh, well, first and foremost... Uh, Oh man okay, if I mixed it would have to be done in uh in the oasis uh and those who've read ready Player One know what I'm talking about uh because I want to live in that world i don't want to be like i I read that book and i was like i don't I don't want to be IRL anymore. <laughs> i r l anymore i don't i don't i don't know i want i want to be in v r and I want this to be the world that I live in so that I can go to a Star Wars universe and a Whedon universe and I can go to a Lego universe. And like a Back to the Future and like a Wild West, like fucking Westworld, like that shit. Like, yes, I will be totally cool with that. Um, you know what I actually think would be really fun? Really fun. as uh, And just because we talked about pirates uh, and we've been talking about this the last couple of days with, uh, with some friends of mine is Game of Thrones and pirates. Um, okay. Because you have the Kraken, you have all that stuff, you have, like, the dragons, uh, you have, uh, you know, the... the I don't know, I just think, it, like, pirates, they're on the sea, you could have, like, the Iron Island, like, that would be kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know what, but why that was the first two. Um, yeah.
1: That works, man. I've always thought Buffy and the Scooby gang, with the actual... Scooby-Doo characters. I would like to do a Scooby... I would like to see a Scooby-Doo meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. All right. And, you know, Scooby-Doo does... They have done, like, WWE movies. So, I think that Buffy the Vampire Slayer might be a step up. I'm not sure.
2: I mean, it is the the most influential TV show in the last... 25 years, 35, probably 35 years, probably, probably the most influential since. (sighs) I mean, I want to say happy days only because happy days had so many spinoffs. Okay. But really though, because when you think
1: about it, Buffy, the vampire slayer is still a cult TV show. It's still niche. Like it's ratings. At the time, were not great.
2: Well, well, it's a good thing I wrote a great article on this that you can find on my site uh, called "Why You Should Watch." Uh, Why you should watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, dude? It it is the most influential. Like it did to TV what the Sex Pistols did to rock and roll. Um, it showed people that you can actually write engaging television, uh, and. Even with this weird mythology behind it of, like, vampires, you can talk about real issues. You can have, like, the first, like, lesbian couple kissing on, you know, on television. Um, Like, they had the balls to do things. They introduced the big bad, which is a concept that, like, Dexter has used. Um, Ben 10 uh, on Cartoon Network has used. Um, Even... Um like even other shows have have used the concept of the big bad since then. No, um, Buffy did not originate the big bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it did. Cuz okay, so to to be perfectly honest, it was the most influential mo- uh TV show that I can remember for my, you know, for my life just because that's when
2: Right, but like without without the like without doing the things like that they did on that show, like you you had other shows coming out pushing the envelope on FX shortly after that. You had things like Dexter, where they even admit as producers, Buffy was a huge influence on them, uh, you know, with what they could do. And then like, yeah, the Sopranos the Sopranos and Buffy were very big at the time. HBO finally like made a series where like they could really push the envelope Um, but like, you know, I can pull that article up right now and tell you without, like, without Buffy, you wouldn't have half the, the, I mean, it's been referenced in every, every big, uh, TV show since then, South Park, uh, the Simpsons, um, uh, fucking, uh, Big Bang Theory, like they've everyone's made a reference to it because it was such a big thing. And yeah, it was kind of cultish because it was on the WB, but what it did for those writers, those writers have now written for game of Thrones. uh, They've written for bones. They've written for, you know, even Joss Whedon things, but they've gone on to do all these other things because they allowed that. Like Joss was like, look, we're going to make good art. And they wrote really engaging stories That at the time, like, the WB could do because a lot of people weren't watching it. They weren't really worried about it. But other writers were like, oh, an entire show where there are no lines. Like, hush, an entire episode. Brilliant. Oh, by the way, High School Musical wouldn't exist without Buffy because it was the first musical episode. Now, I know some fans out there will say, yeah, but Xena. Xena wasn't a true musical episode. So that doesn't really count but buffy's was a true <laughs> musical episode that every show since scrub uh, psych did it um scrubs did it i mean it. scrubs did it um how i met your mother did like that one scene <laughs> so i won't count that but they should have done a musical episode um high school musical glee like all of that stuff uh, every show that's done a musical episode would not be able to do it if it had not been such a, a success for buffy um and I, like when you really look at it yeah, there were some corny things about it because they were on the WB. But you know, it really influenced writers that are still writing for the shows that we love today.
1: I don't know why I'm trying to argue with you because I love <laughs> Buffy. It's like my favorite television show of all time. Um,
2: so you, you yeah, so take the devil's advocate approach. I, I, got uh, I got you. I got you.
1: It's the, got you. the inner lawyer in me is just like, no,
2: nobody can assert a
1: point on this podcast unless I say so. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah so I have no idea why I was arguing with you but I would like to see the Scooby gang and Scooby Doo hang out All right. Or I can, can I just say after Gal Gadot's um, comments to Chris Helmsworth and his like yeah Wonder Woman could kick Thor's ass I really want to see a Wonder Woman Thor movie
2: well, technically, here's the – so someone mentioned this the other day. They were like, um, so why is she blocking bullets? And, and now granted, she blocked bullets with her um, – Gauntlets. Her gauntlets because she didn't know at the time that she was a god. But technically, bullets can't kill her because only a god can kill her. So technically, Thor is the only one who could kill her. Like Superman can't kill her. He's not a god.
1: or somebody else from Asgard Odin
2: well right but like Odin. it has to be right
1: yeah right or, or we could bring in some other gods we could bring back in Ares maybe you know an hold on hold on.
2: Hold, hold on does could Thanos he's a mad Titan but he's not a god
1: I feel like we're getting <laughs> a little too nitpicky on this. Like, part of me is also, like, it's kind of like that episode going back to Buffy uh, with, um, the judge where it's no weapon forged can kill him. And so they shoot a bazooka at him because bazookas technically aren't forged. Right. Um, so, like, are we using the term God as in you have to be Decreed a god because they've even said in the Marvel Universe that Asgardians are just so advanced scientifically that they appear to be gods to us.
2: Well, and that's so, like, then you get into I mean, you do that, you say that, and you're like, okay, there are different planes of existence. There's Asgard, they have this, they have obviously science, but obviously he can get smacked by the Hulk and not die. So he must have some sort of like superhuman powers. Um, that allow that, like him, him to do that. Um, but then you get into things like, okay, well, what about a celestial? Well, what about the Mad Titan? What about, you know, uh, uh, does that mean Mephisto can kill her? I mean, is is he a god? Like, does that mean like Galactus can kill Wonder Woman? Like, if if like, what does that mean in the Marvel universe? Um,
1: I think these are all questions that need to be answered in a Wonder Woman Thor. Crossover movie. Crossover, yeah, yeah. Um, Patty Jenkins make this happen. I don't know yeah. why this isn't happening.
2: Yeah. You know what? we, You know what? We can't get crossover play with Xbox and PlayStation. So why don't we get a Marvel DC mashup, and it's just a movie where the greatest heroes ever fight in the most epic fight scenes ever, and we just pay money to go in and cheer them on, and it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. So, like, each theater can, like, cheer and they have, like, an audience meter. And, like, whoever cheers the loudest for whoever, the next scene is, like, whoever wins. Yeah? Come on.
1: In I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're there yet technology-wise. <laughs> but what they could uh, do is they could have two separate movie theaters where this is the – so you choose your own ending. <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I could, I, that would be fun, it'd be interesting. Oh, the puppy came back, oh, I, I gotta lick your face. <laughs> She's the best. She, she came does. up and she was like, she was like, I would beat Wonder Woman, because look at me. I would just, I would kill her with cuteness. It's, she would die from, she would die from cuteness. It is so true.
1: My dog, <laughs> my dog could defeat anybody by cuteness. Because it's definitely not ferociousness. Because that's not happening. <laughs> Seriously, if if anyone breaks into my house, they're gonna be like, "Oh, look, I got licked to death by this adorable dog." <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how pit bulls get a bad rap. She's adorable. I don't either. I that's, don't either. Psh, haters.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, no, uh,
1: I'm trying to think. If there's oh, you were mentioning uh, Ready Player One, which is probably one of the best books I've read in the last five years. Mm-hmm. You should also check out the audiobook because Will Wheaton
2: narrates it. Will Wheaton it. narrates it. Yeah. Uh I haven't I haven't hopped on, on that audiobook yet. Uh I've uh I've been trying to like obviously uh reading every day is one of my goals and something that I do. Um I'm now reading the Bible, and by the Bible I mean the bodybuilding Bible, the encyclopedia of bodybuilding by Arnold. Uh and it's fucking huge. It's like eight hundred pages. Um but uh it's so it's taking me a while to sort of get through. Um But uh if if anyone is listening after you read Ready Player One and you love nerd stuff, you love fitness, well not fitness, you love fantasy, you need to read The Name of the Wind. It may be one of the most well written, yes, the new encyclopedia of modern bodybuilding. Dude, it's so like it it's just it's so good. There's so much great stuff in there that like I'm going back on and touching on. Uh that like things that like I know, but I haven't really thought about in a long time. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, no. And there's, there's just, there's a lot of wisdom in there from Arnold too, about like falling in love with the process and not like, uh, you know, not trying to jump over the mountain in one fell swoop that like, here was me. I started at 15 and this is me like after like seven Olympias. Um, you know, that like it's not an overnight thing, uh, which I think is a good reminder for anyone to remember that, like, whatever you're doing in life is not an overnight thing.
1: No, that's you are absolutely true. Yeah. And that is absolutely true, my friend. And I, I need, I, you know what, I need to crack it open and start reading it. I've, there's so many other things that I've been reading. Um, but one of my goals um, in the next year is to enter a bodybuilding competition. All right. I like it. So it's, it's, I'm going to be talking I'm going to be reaching out to a friend of mine who she's done bikini competitions. Uh, so hopefully like she can give me some pointers and maybe I'll get a coach at some point. Once things get settled, dude, Uh,
2: I would, I would highly suggest picking up a coach for that because the diet stuff, like, Oh yeah. Yeah, they, they – listen, you you can get yourself pretty lean. But when it comes to getting really where you need to be, like there's show a lot ready. of diet things. Yeah, when you're getting show ready, there's so many things you don't even think about leading up to it uh, and that just – they will – they've been through the process. Uh, and I know a couple people, so so let me know. Um, but they're fantastic coaches, but they they would, would be – look, I think no matter where you are, I think having a coach is important. Um, and I mean that in fitness, I mean that in, in business, um, just paying someone to take care of the things that you don't have to worry about. You don't have to worry about kind of workout you do. They tell you what to do, but there's someone that keeps you accountable. There's someone you can reach out to. There's someone on, on that journey with you. It's not just you going by yourself. Having a coach, uh, has changed my business and changed, uh, my, you know, my life. And, and just, it changes when I have a coach, uh, with my fitness stuff, which, being an mff i actually have like everyone on the team as my coach because i like to take <laughs> classes with them so i'm learning a lot from them um and just really diving into that but yeah like having having a coach to guide you through the process and just give you the workouts and and help you through it is you just you need it i like i, I, I can't, it's the best investment you'll ever make cuz there's less thinking you have to do and it's so worth it
1: excellent excellent i will I i'll definitely uh Keep that in mind, and I'll definitely also keep you updated as well as I'll keep everyone else updated. I'm trying to trying to get some stuff squared away before I take that take that leap, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I don't know if I'm ever. I, I just don't know if my body type has the ability to get to a place where like I would win, but you know what? I'm am ne- never gonna know unless I try.
2: Yeah, and dude, just do it. Like, just yeah. don't even like. It's like I told one of my clients who signed up for a powerlifting competition. I was like, "Your first competition, just go and have the experience. Don't try and win. Like, just go and enjoy it." Yeah. Um. Because you got to learn a lot through that process before you get to the next one. So.
1: Absolutely, dude. I've taken up almost an hour of your time. I want to. <laughs> I want to. I want to start wrapping up. Um, cool. Real quick, where can people uh, find you?
2: Uh, you can find me on uh, on the internet, SideQuestFitness.com. Uh, you can head over, there, head over there and read articles. Uh, basically, I'm big on Facebook and Instagram these days. Uh, Facebook is SideQuestFitness, uh, and then Instagram is SideQuestFM. Um, same thing on Twitter, but I don't, I don't use Twitter too often. I check it like maybe two, three times a day. Um, but uh, Instagram is, is where I'm at. Facebook is where I'm at. Uh, and then just email SideQuestFitness at gmail.com. Um, but I have exercise videos up on Facebook as well, Facebook Lives Podcast, uh, SideQuest Podcast on iTunes.
1: <laughs> Excellent. And everyone knows that those uh, those will be contained in the show notes as usual. Now, lastly, do you have any shout-outs, man? Anyone you want to give a shout-out on the podcast?
2: Uh, you know, uh, I mean, she's not going to listen uh but uh she never does anything i do uh but just uh just to my wife just to say thank you for uh uh the support and coming up to new york and being gone for an entire summer from you <laughs> uh but uh i mean that's uh that's that's it on that i i don't i don't know man i mean all my clients honestly all my clients as well uh they make it a joy Uh, a joy to work with. Uh, There's so much fun. Uh, I've seen so many guys through this, make your thirties better than your twenties challenge. uh, Not only fall in love, like with, with training and just feeling how strong their bodies can be, but hearing them say things like, man, I've not felt this great in years. Um, You know, I'm, I, I sleep better. I, I, my mood is better. Um, I'm taking more action in like my life. Like I just feel better. Um, So that's – I will shout out my clients on on that one. Uh, Just love working with each and every one of them. That's awesome, dude.
1: Um, I got
2: a couple shout-outs real quick.
1: I want to give a shout-out to uh, Keith and Ben of the Two Gay Geeks podcast. They shot me an email or they shot me a text uh, last week and they were like, Hey, we're going to be in town. To see Tron in 70mm, uh, so you should come to that. And I was like, okay. So I got to hang out with them. And then, lastly, I want to give you a shout-out. <laughs> uh, mostly because, like, my internet podcast community, you, uh, BJ from uh, Geek Fitness Health Hacks Podcast, uh, Joe Hogan from Geektitude, um, if any of the listeners don't know, I have been going through an extremely rough time personally. Uh, maybe at some point in the future, once things are said and done, I'll talk about it on the podcast. It's just not the time uh, or appropriate for that right now. But you've been like just a rock for me and just I appreciate that. I appreciate you giving me part of your uh, Sunday night here and talking with me. It's been awesome and and I hope I make it out to New York or wherever you are at some point, and we can hang out in person sometime <laughs> yeah, soon, man. man.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I will say this, and this is one thing I really learned uh at, at Mark Fisher Fitness is something that, that they are very, 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 very good at. And it is creating a sense of community for people who feel that they have never belonged in a gym. Um, and I think though many of us have never met in this online sphere. Uh, if we can create that community for one another to to uh, be behind one another, provide support, in whatever way that is, whether it's on Twitter and you know messages and, and uh, Facebook Messenger, uh, you know it's important that you find that that community. And I'm glad that I have you guys, and I'm glad that we have been able to help support you in in this, Ken. So oh, absolutely, uh, man. You know, All yeah. right.
1: And on that note, everyone out there listening, work out, nerd out.